You're listening to Forget Being Cool. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what's so what's so what's the scenario? Welcome to listening in the place where music checks in. Hi, Josh. Hey, Dave. How's it going? I, you know, I'm I'm hanging out here listening in the number one music hotel where people check in with us. Yeah, only because there aren't any others that exist yet. Right. Nobody else had a brilliant pun idea for a show. Ah, uh, puns. Uh, so we listened to an album, Josh. We like, sure did. At, one as, of my favorites. Oh, geez. Here we go. Here we go, t- yo. T- 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 Here t- we go, yo. Oh so my. what's the what's the what's the scenario? Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what's the what's the what's the scenario? Maybe the only track on this album I liked. Well, but, we'll get into it. For those so, of you that have not heard of, for those of you that may not be as into hip hop, this is a group you want to start listening to. Oh, oh, I disagree. So tell tell me about the album, Josh. Tell me why you picked it. Let's, okay, let's so, get into this. The album I picked for this week, as you guys saw, is, of course, A Tribe Called Quest's seminal sophomore album, The Low End Theory, released in 1991. And this was at a time when hip-hop was starting to become predominantly more gangster rap-influenced. But there was also that was mostly on the West Coast scene. But on the East Coast, you know, Jay-Z was still a few years away, but you had a lot more conscious hip-hop. You had guys like Native Tongues, Leaders of the New School, and Nubians, and of course you had A Tribe Called Quest, and their first album, People's Instinctive Travels in the Paths of Rhythm, you had a lot more of that Afrocentrism that had cropped up a lot in the East Coast hip-hop scene, but especially with the low-end theory, they used a lot more prominent production. They combined rock, jazz, and hip-hop samples, and the fact that on this album, they used legendary jazz bassist Ron Carter. So this is called the low end theory for a reason. You really feel the bass on a lot of these tracks. And it's one of my favorite hip hop records of all time. And the fact that here we are nearly 30 years later and from top to bottom, this still, this still holds up. Oh, Jesus. I think it sounded, <laughs> I'm going to offend so many people. Do you love this album so much? Um, it sounded to me, like somebody commissioned them to make the most generic 90s hip hop album we could imagine because when you say 90s you know 90s hip hop this is what i hear in my head this is the like the definitive i know it's older than that but this is that it the drums feel the same to me on every track that i listen to the the rhythm is the same the pacing is the same on every track and to be honest to be 100 percent honest i never got anything out of any of these tracks never any deep meaning and maybe you're gonna explain something to me here in a second but anytime we say here we go yo here we go yo i just get into this like god that's so generically basic there's a track on here that feels like they're just giving shout outs for like the entire track and i know that that's a thing that they did but i don't appreciate it nor care because and maybe it's because i don't know the genre i don't know the history i don't know who these people are but i didn't 
entirely dislike my experience with this album, but I wouldn't put it anywhere near the top of my bar for hip hop. And I know that Jay Z comes around later and Eminem and all these other things that I enjoy probably better do. Josh, <laughs> you look you look sad. Tell me. Tell me. Well well first off when you say that you this apparently is what reminds you of nineties hip like generic hip hop. I'm like the G Funk sound coming out from around, you know, the Dr. Dre production of around that same. This is right before The Chronic comes out, and that ultimately is a landmark album in and of itself. But I really enjoy this because of the conscious lyrics, because Fife Dog and Q Tip have this great interplay. And of course, Alicia Heed Muhammad on the turntables is always a welcome feat. Plus, the fact that the mixing on here is done so well. I mean, there's a reason why the by uh, Bob Power, the mixer for this album, the engineer, he called this the Sgt. Peppers of hip-hop albums. And it just flows together so well. Oh, jeez. No, every track ends so abruptly. Every single track. I feel That's like... why you need Apple Music, because you have actual gap playback. Only four ninety nine if you're a student. So you're telling, Anywho, um, you're telling me that Apple Music treats the tracks better than Spotify, where it doesn't ever feel like it stops. I'm just I'm just saying that while Spotify I, does have a gapless environment, I feel like it does being where if you're listening to it on, you know, uh, you're listening to it on something that's not necessarily an iPod or a computer where it has to take a couple seconds to load the next track. Yeah, it's going to feel jarring. It's going to feel like you're taking out of it for a moment. Oh. So we should probably start getting into the actual wordplay that's going on because there's a lot of really neat topics on here of course you have the opening track excursions which is basically q-tip sort of talking about how the group sort of came to be and where they were at that point in their careers you know back in the days when it was a teenager before i had status and before i had a pager you could find the abstract listening to hip-hop my pops used to say it reminded him of bebop i said well daddy don't you know that things go in cycles where that bobby brown is just amping like michael it's all expected things are for the looking if you got the money quest is for the booking now of course that's not the whole verse because i don't want any of this to get demonetized but the idea is that basically <laughs> the fact that at that time if his, his father is comparing how hip-hop was at that time to how it reminded him of bebop how it was all crazy and experimental and he didn't really get it, but he, as a, as a youth, he probably would have liked it when he was his son's age. And so that's what he's saying. The fact that Bobby Brown is basically just sort of dancing and having fun with stuff, just like Michael Jackson was. So the idea is that, and you can definitely see how pop culture likes to celebrate 20 years in the past, how it was the 90s celebrating the 70s the 2000s the 80s and so on it's funny how but, that it's it's how nostalgia sets in it's always that 20 year gap that's why that you and i have nostalgia for things like game boys and stuff like it's because that is our era and now we've some grown more up. Than others yeah that, that yeah that's the thing with the, with this track it's basically just a, a lot of you're shouting out to the fans for getting them this far and then there is that afrocentrism in here you know Listen to the rhyme because it's time to make gravy. If you moves you, if it moves your booty, then shake, shake it, baby. All the way to Africa, a.k.a. the mother hand. Stick out the left, then I'll ask for the other hand. That's the right hand, black man. Only if you are noted as my man. So you get the Afrocentrism. You get some black power in there as well. With And then on... But it, I will say this. It never... Rapper mode is kind of a It never tries the black power thing too hard which I appreciate as, as a, a non 
I'm, I'm a white person. Let's just let's just say it how yeah. it is. And references went theory to the Zulu Nation, which for those that don't know is a group that was started by legendary DJ Africa Bambata, which was sort of let me make sure facts here. It was the Universal Zulu Nation. Because I know there were a few uh, hip-hop musicians in the 90s that were a part of this. An international hip-hop awareness group which strongly promotes that hip-hop was created to provide peace, love, unity, and having fun for those in the ghetto. And eventually onward to all those supportive of the culture. So, uh, My favorite track on the album by far, Josh. And I'm curious how you're going to feel about this is show business. I was about, I was going to get to that because there were two songs on here, Rap Promoter, which I was going to get to, and Show Business, which sort of, of course, look at, you know, being, you know, young artists trying to make your way in the music industry. I mean, that's always going to be complicated, even now, even though this is 20 years in the past or 25, almost 30 years at this point and stuff, some stuff has changed. Young artists still don't get the greatest deals, but Rap Promoter is just basically pointing out how much rap music gets monetized in the music industry. And Q-Tip's just trying to warn up and coming rappers about certain venue promoters and that they'll be really shady. You know, there's that, there's that line on here, industry rule number 4,080, record company people are shady. I think that was 4,080. But yeah, show business, the features, you got Lord Jamar, Sadat X, and Diamond D, and they all contribute solid verses. And there are some really clever references. Of course, on this album, you have, you know, Fife Dog on a lot of his raps. He'll throw in a line that sort of goes like blank, like something from a TV show or artist that influenced them. Which is nice. It, 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 it sets the date and the time when this came out. And that's important, I think. I. Yeah. Now, the cool thing about rap uh, about the rap game that is brought up in show business is uh, in part of Lord Jamar's verse, you ask for slack and want to get cut loose from the label, not able, because you signed at the table for a pretty cash advance. Now they got a song and dance that you didn't recoup. More soup with your meal? Because this is the real when you get a record deal. Tracks I don't like, Josh. I don't like what? And I don't like infamous date rape. Okay, I was look. I was listening to what earlier. Uh, the rhyme scheme, yeah, it's a little simplistic, because it's just like, most of it is what is if it doesn't have, what is if not. Right. But I really like that there's times where the beat kind of drops and Q-Tip is just sort of keeping the rap going on his own. And it doesn't come in at the exact beat you think it is. It comes in a little bit odd. And I like that. And, of course, chill for a minute. Dougie Fresh said silence. And the four-second pause because that like, – what is hip-hop if it doesn't have violence? Chill for a minute. Dougie Fresh said silence. I love how much you love this. Violence at all. I, I love that you you love this so much that you can remember these verses the way that I remember the songs and stuff that I enjoy. And I, I got to say, though, you're not wrong about Infamous Date Rape, but the idea is that it's basically... I get the meaning. It's, it's a... It's a it's, social commentary, just like, you know... Right. And I, don't, and I don't have a problem with the actual meaning of the song. I just don't enjoy the beat and the rhythm. I also feel like the rhythm is consistent throughout the whole album, and maybe that's to its detriment, I, in I, my I, opinion. I, 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 can, I can certainly see that. I mean, I think there's also some really good storytelling on here that the beats kind of help to accent, like on Everything is Fair. That throws in a nice George Clinton sample to basically tell the story of this guy that basically gets recruited by this woman to do a whole bunch of dark stuff 
well, not not so much dark, but like like gangster type stuff. But I'm gonna the fact give this... that you know she's able to like back it up because you know she's people don't suspect her because she dresses nicely and she is a woman who can do for herself. I'm gonna give this album a real listen without the gaps, without the defined Spotify track gaps, and see if I feel less upset about the abruptness of the ends of the tracks because that drove me a little bit nuts listening to the whole thing. I also felt as if the tracks that I do enjoy like show business would feel better mixed in with my library as a separate track than I want this entire album listened to back to back. And that's me versus Sergeant Pepper, which is your example here. I like to listen to. It's not my example. It's like, that's right. But what it was, but to bring it back to that is, is Sergeant Pepper. I like to listen to it in its entirety straight without, without anything in the between versus some of these songs. Which is funny because it's the opposite. I feel there are some tracks on Sergeant Pepper's I could do without, and it would be better for it. Oh, we're going to get to Sergeant Pepper someday. One day. But so I... we were talking about features on this album, and we were t- we were talking about songs we liked, and I feel that there's only one appropriate way to close out an episode talking about this album, and that is with one of our Tribe Called Quest's biggest hits, and essentially one of the best posse cuts in hip hop, and that's the closing track on here scenario. Oh, I knew you were going to bring this up, and I knew it was important to you. It goes on too long. It's it's just so much fun, and you've got features uh, from Charlie Brown, Dinko D. You got, of course, of course, the real star scenario. A then relatively unknown MC by the name of Buster Rhymes, who comes in for the latter part of the song and just set salts the earth with his verse. That is pure fire. I appreciate all the appearances. I really do. I think that brings a lot to that track overall. But I – and maybe this is this is why this doesn't fit in my library the way that you like it to listen to it straight all the way through is where by the time I've gotten to that track in my fifth listen of this album for this show, I'm like, all right, good. The album's almost over. This song's going on too long. <laughs> I, it, it feels like I've heard too much of the same thing for too long. And maybe that's me, and that's an opinion that I might not share with the entire world of the people who love this album, but I'm glad I got to listen to it. Josh, thanks for recommending a cool album, a, a cool piece of history, something important that I should have listened to a long, long time ago. Oh, no add problem. A couple, I'll add a couple of these tracks to my library, of course, as I always do. You guys can get those links and those playlists in the in the descriptions below where you guys can listen to all the stuff that we're going to listen to in the future, the stuff that we listened to in the past. You guys can go on the YouTube channel and watch everything and go to forgetbeingcool.com. All that stuff down below. Hey, before we go, before we go, before we go. Yes. Well, hang on <laughs> one sec. I was going to end it with a simple, uh, from uh, I think it was from Jazz We've Got. Did, did you write your own, did you write your own, your own rap, Josh? Are you about to rap for me your own your own uh, lyrical stylings? No, I, I, I didn't have that much improv time, but uh, I remember this is a little bit of history. When I did some like music writing in my spare time, this would be about six years ago, I, I like wrote a review of this where I did give it a 10, and I basically ended it with a, a line from this song. I think, yep. All right, so... 
thank thank you guys for listening to listening in, and we'll catch you next time. And I'm gonna let a lot. I'm gonna recite a line from a uh, jazz we've got. Of course, rest in peace to Fife Dog. So jet to the store and buy the LP on Jive RCA cassettes and CDs produced and arranged by the four man crew. And oh shit, Skev Fansome, he gets props too. <laughs> For more great discussions, hit that subscribe button or visit forgetbeingcool.com. <laughs>